Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation today. I may have been trying to convince Ellen to come do this for a while. <laughs> she finally said the, yes. Well, I think the first time she kind of ignored me, like, like, and so I took the message. And then the second time she's like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm ready for that. Um, so our guest is Ellen, and she is here to share a success story. And as we shared with her, and we're going to remind all of you, success story doesn't mean that she's got it all figured out, just like Diane and I doing this work doesn't mean we've got it all figured out. It just means we're here doing work, right? We're, we're making that effort and putting the, the, the effort into being conscious, engaged, collaborative parents. And so we're going to have a really juicy conversation about what that has looked like for one fabulous member of our community. So Ellen, welcome. We are so glad you're here. Hello. So tell us, start by telling us a little bit about what life was like for you as a parent before you started working with us at Impact Parents. Well, I can start at the very beginning of my journey as a parent, which was um, many, many years of trying infertility treatments and many, many, many procedures uh, that ended, resulted in us adopting. But that was a seven-year process from start to when our son arrived. So I felt like I had run the marathon and I was ready for my life to be really um, kind of calm. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Because you wanted to be a parent, you wanted it to be calm. Yeah, I was like, I worked really hard at getting to this point, so kudos for me. And the prize is, right. And we do have an amazing son. He's now 16 and a half. And part of adoption is realizing that there's no genetic link. Uh, So as a parent, I think my husband and I both approached raising our son with a lot of compassion and joy and unselfishness because we had worked so long to make it be part of our lives. Yeah. And as he grew, I think we began to see his brilliance, but also um, behaviors from him getting frustrated. So when he was young, uh, starting elementary school, I think our parenting journey began to be a little more complicated. And we didn't really have a guidebook for what was causing behaviors And when you have a kid who's very verbal and very seems very smart and then you're seeing uh, things crop up, it's it's hard to begin to know what to do. And that was uh, like, let's see, what year was that? That was uh, 2012 to 2018. 
Okay. So a good, a couple of years, right? We often say by the time parents find us, they've usually been dealing with this for a long time, whether with or without a diagnosis, you've been managing challenging behaviors for a while. So for you, it'd been going on for over six years or something like that. Yeah. And it began, you know, by middle school, you know, as the expectations ramped up in the school setting and it was less of a, oh, let's color um, yeah. more of a please sit here and listen to this and then do this work, um, the more it got closer to the sit here and do this work and I'm going to talk at you, the more the frustration and all the behaviors really ramped up. And again, I didn't see that in any of the situations that any of my friends kids were having so Mm -hmm. I was getting really curious but also very upset like why am I exhausted I'm smart I should be able to figure this out why is my kid struggling so much you know I've lost so much time why did I wait why didn't I you know there was a lot of there were a lot of questions I began to ask myself that sounded very judgmental I was gonna say it sounds a little bit like second guessing stuff Well, and also I would like to say that what I see in the ADHD executive function community now, as far as the information that's out there and the networks that are being promoted, I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe they were there in 2018, but I certainly didn't know about them and I didn't know how to find them. And I didn't, I didn't have a mindset yet of, oh, this is something that is he's not going to grow out of. I mean, I think when the kids are young, they say, well, let's see, maybe this is just developmental. You know, there's, and I'm not blaming anybody, but I feel like that's what a lot of parents hear. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's this judgment on both sides that I'm hearing you referencing, Diane. There's the like, I'm so smart. I should be able to figure this out. Why am I struggling? So there's that like, as a parent, I'm supposed to be the, the grown up here and figure this out. And then there's also that what's with my kid and why is he not like all his all my friends, kids and what's what's going on with him that he's different. And so there's there's kind of you want to come from compassion and joy, as you said, and we end up kind of landing in this place of judgment all the way around um, because we just don't know any better. Yeah. Well, and then it gets confounded by the fact that parents like you just don't get information about what support looks like. And I and I can't remember kind of when you went through a diagnostic process, but part of this is like parent training. A lot of providers don't recommend parent training when a child does get supported or diagnosed. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's also interesting when you know, when I read Debbie Reber's book, uh, Differently Wired, in February of 2020, I was reading her description of how she found the perfect camp for her son, Asher, and how it was perfect. And it was going to be perfect. And she get a, gets a call like the first day saying, your son's in the office, blah, blah, blah. And right. it was the first time I read something where I thought, like, it blew my mind. Like, right. Oh, my God. Gosh, yes. I'm not alone. <laughs> that there are other people like me. Yeah. And it was the awareness at some point that camp felt like school to my son. Mm. Yeah. And even though it was supposed to be fun, he was sitting in an environment where people were telling him what to do, when and how. Wow. So yeah. the assessment was done by a professional named uh, Dr. Liz Angoff. And she was extremely thorough 
and gave us a lot of understanding of what it looked like to be inside our son's brain. Yeah. And she's particularly masterful at that. And we will link to her because she's we've done it. Thanks to Ellen. We've met Liz and, and are big fans. And so we've done a podcast with her as well. And we'll link. Yeah. To I mean, for Dr. Liz to say you go into the store looking for applesauce and you go, oh, I think it might be near the canned peaches. And you look for the sign that says canned fruit. And lo and behold, there is the applesauce, whereas your son goes into the supermarket, walks up and down the aisles, gets distracted. You know, he may be going aisle by aisle. He might go to one end, come back to and and then five minutes later, it says, what was I looking for? And that was like another aha moment. Like, OK, his brain really works differently. Really, 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 yeah. really does. Yeah. Random side note, I was looking for applesauce yesterday and it's not next to the canned fruit. It was in oh, some how annoying. completely different place. But anyway. <laughs> so, well, okay. So so you read Debbie's book, you you had had an assessment done, your kids diagnosed. Continue your story. How did you get to us in the coach approach? How did how'd your art go? So we also were able to find a developmental medicine doctor. And this was all happening during when the 504 became an IEP in middle school. And um, so let's see, I came to you guys in March, 2021. So it could have been that in August of 2020, when I went to Seth Perler's online TIFOS, um, you were speakers. And I think I began to get um, that information. And that would have been pretty much uh, the last year of middle school and the beginning of high school for him. And I think what happened was that I could really, I think I could really see that there, it was starting with us. It was my husband and myself and us beginning to understand fundamentally that the Mm -hmm. behaviors were because of something. Yeah. So so that it wasn't him. He wasn't being rude. He wasn't being disrespectful. He wasn't that there was a reason for his behaviors that you needed to understand differently. But on a fundamental level, it was like, yeah, I had a great upbringing. I did not have trauma. I, you know, I came from a very comfortable setting and I'm trying to set up the same thing and it's not working and I'm going out of my mind. Right. Like, yeah, I need help. And I think the first aha moment for anyone who joins any program with impact parents is the feeling of community. Mm -hmm. And when you're judging yourself and feeling very alone in your experience in raising your child, and it's like what you really, really care about, it's really hard to be in that in your own silo, when you're Mm -hmm. sitting, listening to someone talk about understanding your triggers and, you know, then, then you begin to go, Oh, he's saying this and I'm taking it this way. I'm taking it personally. It's not being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. I've interrupted X, Y, and Z, or he's not awake yet, or I opened his door into his room or, you know, it began to open up a whole different avenue of thinking. Mm-hmm. It so, sounds like the thinking is about your role in the whole situation. 
yeah, you know, I, I came up with, oh, I live in fear. I live in fear of the future, of catastrophizing that, you know, what is my tone causing in him? Like, if I'm getting frustrated, he's hearing it in my voice. Is he understanding why I'm so frustrated? You know, and probably the most valuable thing I learned and I think was really early on from from impact parents was there's like this huge, huge gulf between expectation and reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a strategic planner. I, I figure out how I'm going to do my errands so I can not have to backtrack and, you know, like everything I want to fix it. I want to plan, you know, I just didn't realize that everything I was bringing to parenting was kind of rubbing against his executive function challenges. And and my husband and I are wired very similar. So we both are, you know, we're feeling like, you know, what are we doing wrong? Why is this so hard? So I think getting coaching really began to take it apart and blow it open. And then I could see the pieces. Yeah. So I want to take a break and come back and really talk and dive in a little bit deeper into your journey. Can we do that? Yeah. Great. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. Okay, welcome back, everybody. So we're talking with Ellen, who's been a member of our community for a couple of years. Uh, If I remember, you've taken sanity school, you've been in group coaching for about two years in our parent success system. Um, You've kind of done other programs throughout the years as we've worked together and talked with each other. I think you did positive intelligence. I mean, you've, you've kind of dove into the coach approach. And the thing that really strikes me as you became more and more aware of what you talked about a minute ago, that gulf between expectation and reality. And Diane and I often say, you know, irritation lies in that gulf gulf. between expectation and reality, right? That's where triggers happen. As you began to become aware of your role and your tone and your catastrophizing and, and kind of how you were experiencing everything that was going on with your son. Um, it wasn't a quick shift. Like there were some quick changes at the beginning as you developed these awarenesses, right? You understood what you needed to understand or started that process. But then there was this gap between the time you started learning it and the time you started using it. And I really want you to speak to that because it's not that uncommon. And, and you were very, you were very um, transparent about it, right? So will you talk about that a little bit? Yes. So... I will say at this point in time now, if I were to go backwards in time, that right now I feel as if I am no longer scared to use language that is appropriate and positive and and all the things um, that I previously was scared to do that I have jumped out of the tree and I started flapping my wings and I didn't hit the ground. And so that was kind of 
I think that my brain says, okay, it, it, you're safe. You, you, you can do this. So Ellen, can you pause for a second and talk about what it was yeah. that made it so scary to shift to a positive sure. collaborative language? I was really scared that I was going to say it wrong mm-hmm. and that I wasn't going to have more opportunities. I was in the moment. I wanted to do it right. I didn't want to make a mistake. And wanted to do it right the first time. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I was looking at it like, you know, baking a batch of cookies. I mean, you know, I felt like, you know, you only have one chance to put it in the oven and the temperature better be right. And you better have gotten the recipe right. And, you know, God forbid <laughs> you should open the oven and you burn them all or they're all flat or, you know, I would just worry that there would be really I wouldn't get other chances to um, to do it. And that as your kids grow, they get less and less interested in talking to you, at least as they get into their teenage years. So mm-hmm. I felt as if I did it wrong by my measurement that, that that would have, you know, bad results or no results. I mean, so I should say that at the beginning, what I did was I listened to like tons and tons and tons of workshops and summits. And, and then I would take copious notes and I would print all this stuff out. And it was like, I have a library. That's all I'll say. I have a library right. of information, lots and lots and lots, lots of information. And, and, and that was what felt safe at that time. I was in mm-hmm. let's absorb this mode. So that felt safe. And then recently I've been listening to stuff. If there's something really salient, you know, I keep the recording, but other than that, I don't, print out very much at all, because what I'm hearing is actually reinforcing everything you guys have taught me. So Mm. kudos to you for that. Um, I think that in the beginning, there was a lot of information in in the coaching training that that you were both providing and that it seemed like a lot and it seemed really hard to integrate it into my thought process. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes time. It has to kind of become part of your DNA. And it is a commitment. Um, So a commitment to what? I think it's commitment to putting the time aside to do the deep thinking and to really be willing to unravel, you know, that, that you have to unravel what just happened. What's popping in as you're saying that is, is, and you're talking about information, right? And I see parents do this all the time. It's like, I'm constantly gathering ideas, constantly gathering ideas. And what you're describing is you got to do something with those ideas and actually begin to figure out how do they work for me? How do they work for my kid? How do I try to implement them? Those sorts of things. Yeah. And the iceberg with the relationship, trust, communication, collaboration, motivation, buy-in, solving and then ownership. I mean, that is a logical progression mm-hmm. and it's helpful to have it in a framework of what other people like Ned Hallowell, you know, people who are the OGs, like they kind of have their framework. There's a lot more science that is shared. I feel like you can always be in absorption mode, Ultimately, it needs to integrate in your own mind mm-hmm. as you're parenting because your, your boots are on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what started to shift for you as you started not just in getting informed by this work, but you started 
you did start to integrate it. You did start to try. I'm, and I remember the first conversations when you were like, okay, I really have to try this, don't I? I'm like, yeah, you really got to actually have the conversation. Like what started to shift with you and your relationship with your son? Well, I have to give a caveat of the fact that now at 16 and a half, he's just doesn't want to have anything to do with me. So um, <laughs> it's harder. But I think what happened was that I think I began to understand that I was getting triggered mm-hmm. and it made me back up a little. I don't know how to describe it other than that in the moment, if I was losing patience and, and we weren't yelling, we were just, I think our bad thing is nagging. It's just mm-hmm. like, did you do it yet? Did you do it yet? I think I began to realize that there were ways of asking that were not statements. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what can I do to, we're about ready to leave. What can I do to help you get mm-hmm. out the door? Or what do you need to do before X happens? Or, you know, rather than it's five o'clock, we need to leave in five minutes get your clothing on and get out here. Right. right. They're, ve- they're very different. So it was the beginning of understanding that I could be a drill sergeant, but I think I was realizing that I was going to be ramping up his nervous system mm-hmm. and he was actually going to push back more. And so I began to see that asking rather than telling would make a difference. But I also will say that 90% of the time, I replay it in my mind after I've said the we're leaving in five minutes, get dressed out here. So, you know, just because you understand and you've learned doesn't mean it comes out of your mouth. And I think that's important for people to realize is that I also judge myself on the fact that like, oh, I did it wrong again. (laughs) But what I then saw you doing was being more transparent with him was then saying, wait a minute, and asking for do-overs and, and coming back with it from a different lens. You know, and I, I know you say he's 16 now and he doesn't want to have anything to do with you, which is, you know, not exactly uncommon. Um, but what I did see shift for him as you began to take on this coach approach was it, it allowed him to start advocating or being open to asking for or receiving any kind of help in a way that he had been resistant before. Will you speak to that a little bit? I mean, being willing to talk to a, 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 to a counselor, to being willing to at least acknowledge that he was struggling and get some help, that was a shift. Yeah, I do think one thing that is really apparent to me is in a school setting, for a kid like him, the appearance of having an aide sit in with him or anyone make accommodations for him is very embarrassing. So yeah. it's very hard knowing as a parent that your kid is struggling with executive function issues and not having their buy-in to get the help they need to do what they need to do. So right, I think I was very transparent with him about the fact that I was doing the coaching. And I'm also extremely transparent when he says something to the effect of, you know, you're really stressing me out or I I, I want you out of my business or you are still nagging me. And now I say, you're right. I did nag you. I'm sorry. I still need to work on that, don't I? And he says, yes. So a lot of apologizing, but, you know, it also says to him, I'm working on this. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, we're getting close. We need to start to wrap up. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners or something that you hope parents will take away from our conversation today, Helen? Yeah. Don't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much out there. There's so much available. And if you're only comfortable to just gather it all and that's where you're at, then that's great. Just learn as much as you can that there'll be an aha moment here or there. And then, you know, people are giving summits all the time. They have Facebook groups. There are ways of, of tapping in and becoming part of a community. I really think that either being in some sort of training or getting coaching or even just being part of a group where you feel like you hear other people just like yourself having the same issues, it, it demystifies it and it destigmatizes it. And it, it can be some comfort. I can't tell you how many coaching sessions we've been in where one person saying, I can't get my kid out of bed. You know, we, everybody's like nodding in the chat and it's, it's because we are all, we all feel this and it's exhausting and you just relationship, 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 love, love, love hugs Make them a hot cup of coffee, whatever it takes. It's just important to take care of yourself, too. Yeah. Well, you know, and Diane and I often say love is really, really, really essential and it's not enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's love plus skills. And what I hear you saying is it's it's gaining the skills and then it's finding a safe space to practice and get support and to use them and to and to practice and try again and to to know that you're not alone is a really powerful point. And the, the, I don't want to throw away that last line you just said, which is take care of yourself in the process. Yeah. Right. And, and for you, and I know for a lot of us in our community, being in a group of parents of kind of same age kids going through a similar experience, that's taking care of us. It's not just about the kid, right? That's about us. Yeah. And never devalue the um, the helpfulness of a 10 or 15 minute brisk walk. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Get your head cleared when you're triggered. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I want to ask if you, well, I'll ask first. So do you have a favorite motto or a quote, something that's kind of gotten you through this that you want to share? Every day is a new day. Ah, <laughs> The universal do-over. I like that. Every day is really, a day. It, it's good when you tend to be self-judgmental to say, eh, you know, I did crappy. Tomorrow's another day. <laughs> it's just to start all over again. It really yeah. has helped. I totally get it. I Mine was Gamze Yavor, this too shall pass, right? Like tomorrow we get up and we wipe ourselves up and we do it again. Yeah. And also don't worry what other people think because it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't. And that's how we take care of ourselves. When we say, I'm doing a good job. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, And that counts. It does. It absolutely does count. And you're doing an amazing amount of work, Ellen. And it's been such a gift to have you on the journey with us and have us on your journey. And just uh, go ahead. I, well, what I want to acknowledge, because I, I get the gift of having you in one of my groups, right? And so, and, you know, we've been together a while. We kind of know each other pretty well, you know? 
And what I want to acknowledge, I want to acknowledge you for being here having this conversation, because I think a year ago, you never would have ever imagined that you'd be willing to consider yourself a success story. And here you are, and you are, because not because you got it all figured out, but you are a success story because you're in here figuring it out every day. And every day's a new day and, you know, and trying again and making mistakes and getting it wrong and getting it right and asking for forgiveness and changing the tone and doing all of that, taking care of yourself in the process. Um, I really, really acknowledge what it takes to step in and stay in, right? To dive into something and say, okay, this support is working for me. I'm sticking with it and I'm going to do the work. And it's a powerful statement to to you for yourself. And I really want to acknowledge you for it. And and the other thing I want to say, and we've never really talked about it, is that your kid sees it. Mm -hmm. And even when he doesn't really acknowledge it. Even when he's 16 and a half and he's going like this. He's saying no, no, no. But he sees it. And, you know, and that story that he'll have that not only did she stay by me and she worked hard on not nagging, but she did that because she loved me enough to do that work on her. He'll see that. And that will be a lasting gift for him in his life. Mm. And I really, I really want you to hold that gift, that other gift that you're giving him. That's that long-term gift that you're not going to see for a few years, (laughs) but you'll get there. Well, and I want to thank both of you because you have been along for the journey and you have, I don't want to say pushed or coerced, but you have definitely nudged me towards believing in myself and believing in what I've internalized, the knowledge I've internalized to, um, to take chances and, and to, you know, spread my wings and keep jumping out of the tree and knowing that I'll fly, you guys know it. And, you know, I think you've really tried to um, build that belief in me. And and that's really helpful to have kind of people rooting in my corner who totally get me. And, you know, are they, you, you gain the enjoyment of seeing people kind of fly out of the tree, but also um, I see the value and I share with families and friends that I know who are also challenge. So I feel like this is something that we can also put out there to others and support others. And that's what you two do, but I I feel like I can do it too. Awesome. I love that. That just warms my heart. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, To those of you listening, tuning in, think about it for a minute. What are you taking away from this conversation as you've listened to Ellen's story about her journey uh, as a parent of complex kid and, and through learning to use a coach approach, what's your insight or takeaway? What do you want to take from this conversation and move into your week in the coming week? And Ellen, thank you again for being here. And for those of you who are listening, thank you for everything you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, you make a difference. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.